turn my speaker on and stop talking about my elbow. <laughs> it's time already. It's 10.01. It's time to do some yoga. So my name is Ashley Sharp, and I'll be teaching class this morning. I'm wondering if I could see a show of hands who's new to this class. New to this class. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yeah, new-ish. Yeah, well, new-ish. And if you could, everybody, turn to your neighbor and uh, say hello, introduce yourself, reintroduce yourself. Okay, so here's the plan. We're going to do about an hour of yoga, and then about a half hour of meditation, and then I have a talk. This is sort of general gist. Um, There's no official bathroom break. We go to 12.15, so if you need to use the restroom, just off you go at any time. It's no problem, except for maybe during the meditation. Maybe during the meditation we stay in, but otherwise, you know, come and go as you need. Take care of yourself. Um, If something hurts, don't do it. You can come again next time. I'll be here next week, God willing. Um, And then um, the teaching for today, the mantra or the little saying or the little phrase to help us is it's not perfect, it's not permanent, and it's not personal. So if you can remember that. I like to think of every time I teach a yoga class or a meditation class that it's a meeting of the imperfectionist club. So we're having a meeting right now of the Imperfectionist Club, and you're invited, even if you're perfect, you're invited to my club, all right? So it's not perfect, it's not permanent, and it's not personal. Um, Okay, I think that's it. Let's start. So we'll find a little dignified seat, a little uprightness. I imagine there might be people still straggling in because of the construction. If you came from the Fairfax direction, there is a pause on the way here. But you'll find your uprightness. Find your uprightness. I'll ring us in. Take a big breath. Melt your shoulders just a little bit. Relax your jaw. And have a sense of your body sitting here in this room. Almost like you could invite your mind to rest in the body. Let the mind be held by the body this morning. It might not be perfect, and it's certainly not permanent, whatever you find. But notice that you're sitting here, that you've arrived.
And you might have a sense of the other people in the room. So we've all gathered this morning to do something healthy and wholesome, to do something actually quite beautiful. Remembering that uh, you came, whatever your aspirations or intentions were for coming, there was some sort of care for your body, care for your life, care for this world. So we have care and compassion at the heart of what we do. Melt the neck and the shoulders again and the hands. So may this practice serve you this morning to your highest good so that when you leave, you have more resiliency, more capacity, more capacity to offer wisdom and compassion to the world. Let's bring our hands to touch, palms touching here at the heart. And you'll feel your hands touching, feel the temperature of your hands, the pressure, hands touching at the midline. And we'll chant the sound Om. Om is the sound of the sacred. It's from the Hindu tradition, actually. So this uh, sound Om, sound of the everythingness. And, and we'll chant it just one time. Inhale. Uh, tuck your chin and bring your hands just as they are, palms touching, hands up to the forehead. And we have here a gesture of bowing, a gesture of reverence, bowing to the body, heart, mind, to the great capacity of the body, heart, mind. And also we bow to the tenderness and vulnerability because we will meet strength and tenderness. We will meet capacity and uh, vulnerability. So we'll meet it all here on our mats in our practice this morning. Take a big breath in and out. And then arms up. Hallelujah. It's Thursday and we're going to do yoga. All right. Check this out. Bring your arms down a little bit and then flop your wrists up and down. This is a special Thursday morning yoga hand flop. Did you need a mat? There's mats up in this front closet if you're just coming in. Uh, And then let your hands go side to side. Mm -hmm. And you'll take your right hand up and down and your left hand side to side. Is it getting easier? We've been doing it a lot. Yeah? Okay. Left hand up and down, right hand side to side. You're going to get smarter by the end of class. It's not perfect, remember? (laughs) And it's not permanent. Here we go. Interlace the fingers. Turn the palms forward. Round your back backwards. Take a big breath. And you might shift a little bit over to one side. And then the other. Mm -hmm. Good. Let the hands come down. Lift the spine up. And twist around to the right. Okay, so you get this twist going to the right, and the chin's turning over the right shoulder. Keep your chin turning over the right shoulder and peek your eyeballs out um, towards your left ear. 
like out the corner of the eye. So the chin stays turning in one direction and your eyeballs are peeking in the other direction. If you feel a strain in your eyes, you've done this too much, so you don't want to strain your eye. I hope you don't want to strain your eye. Don't strain your eye, but just peek a little bit in the opposite direction and don't let those eyes move. Okay, come back to the center. Big breath, melt your shoulders, melt those shoulders. And then we'll turn in the other direction. So around to the left. And the chin this time is turning to the left and it's going to stay. So, you know, the nose is pointing left and the eyeballs, peek them around to the right. Like you could peek at your right ear. Don't let them move. If you've done it too much, it it strains, but we are turning the eyes different from where the nose is facing. It can be helpful to do that. Don't let those eyes move. Good. Come back to the center. And a big breath. And relax. Okay, now if you're sitting up on a cushion like I am, just move it off for a second. And you can do this next one even with your legs sticking out in front of you, whichever is more comfortable. But we're going to move our pelvis. So drop your pelvis back, your lower back rounds, and then tip it forward. So you're rocking your pelvis as best you can here, like so. Uh Your way is the best way once you get it going. Just begin to turn your attention into your own experience. Um, And let the whole spine move. So as you do this, the movement starts at the hips, but see if you can even get the upper back and the neck and the head to move a little bit. And um, I I think this might be obvious. This might be obvious, but uh, notice how it feels to do this. Maybe... Even if it's not quite perfect, enjoy it. Okay, that's good. And then you'll come um, all the way up onto your hands and knees. And um, I recommend getting the square blanket or the square cushion or a blanket, but get the square cushion under your knees. And you can come onto your hands and knees. Mm-hmm. Good. And we'll do those pelvic tilts again. So once you're on your hands and knees, you'll round. You tuck your tushy down, and then this, the whole spine moves. And inhale, untuck, kind of flare the fanny. And you'll do quite a few of these, like so. And again, the movement is initiated in the pelvis, in the hips, But the whole spine is moving. And if you have a tender spot, you could linger. You know, if you're feeling stiff, you're actually in the right place at the right time. So we'll be stretching things out. Mm. A couple more of these. If you want a mat, it's yours. If not, just leave it propped against the window. Okay, now, let your spine be neutral. Bring your knees and feet together. So just kind of scooch the knees in. And then curl the toes under. I know it's your favorite toe torment. Walk your hands back towards your knees. 
It's your favorite, right? Okay, maybe your hands stay on the floor down by the knee. Maybe you can get your shoulders back over your hips, over your heels, but you can always come back next week. Breathe whichever shape you're in. If for some reason this is easy for you, you could pull your inner ankles in towards each other. Two more breaths. Deep breathing, oxygenating the whole system. Okay, and then you'll come back onto hands and knees, and we'll do half dog or puppy dog. So both arms go forward. Your hips are high, and your head is down. And just like so, draw your hips back away from your hands, and the hands are shoulder width. And we'll uh, pause in this pose for a moment just for you to receive the sensations of breath and pose. One more breath. Okay, and then you'll come forward all the way on your stomach. I think maybe the cushion needs to move because it'll be a weird lump under there, but you come all the way on your stomach and walk your hands forward so you've kind of propped yourself up on your elbows. The hands come forward and you prop yourself up on your elbows. Ah, okay. How's your parts? Yeah? How's your back? It goes everywhere with you. I've been thinking about my body this week. It goes everywhere I go. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah, all right. Uh, Take a couple breaths here. Some of you might enjoy turning your head a bit side to side, and some of you might like to hold center with the head. Let your body tell you what it might like. Maybe the head for some of you might dip down. And if you're unsure what to do, just close your eyes. Nobody can see you that way, and you can make something up. You're just exploring the sensation of your body and the shape. Okay. I think that's lovely. Let's put the hands where the elbows are, and you'll push towards child's pose. So that's taking your tushy back towards your heels. It might not go all the way, but in that direction. And now we're going to move. So you'll inhale up to hands and knees. Curl your toes under and head up into downward-facing dog. Okay, and we'll see how that's feeling. Uh, Let's lean into the right heel. Press that right heel down and take a big breath. And then press into the left heel and take a big breath there. Okay, lovely. Uh, Have the weight centered and right away bring those knees back down to the floor. Gaze forward. Inhale. Exhale, child's pose. Now we're not going to stay. Inhale, hands and knees, gaze forward. Exhale, downward dog. Uh Let's try that again. Knees to the floor, gaze forward, inhale. Exhale, pull the navel in, child's pose. Inhale, hands and knees, gaze forward. Exhale, downward dog. 
All right, that's lovely. Two breaths here. Uh, if you have tender wrists, you could do this on your elbows, or you can even have your knees on the floor at any time, so that you're working within the capacity of the body, which may not be perfect today, but it's not permanent either. Everything's always shifting. I feel like we're always in the middle of something, some process of change. Let's walk the feet forward up to the hands. It might be awkward, but... And then once you get there, have the feet separated, oh, maybe eight inches or so, something like that, seven inches. And then um, let's bring the hands to the knees, and you'll bend your knees. So the hands are on the thighs, really, right above the knee. And um, now we're going to do those pelvic tilts again. So you'll tuck your tail down, and that'll round your whole spine. And then you untuck, and a flare your fanny. Don't be shy. And then exhale, tuck. And inhale, untuck. I do a few more of those. Sometimes I notice that people kind of skimp on the untuck with the tushy high. Think of like those turkeys. We have all these beautiful turkeys here on the land with their tail feathers. So in the untuck, think of your tail feathers. Mm -hmm. Good. Let's come up to standing. Both arms will come on up. Big reach up. And stay standing. Both arms come down. And we'll take maybe like a five-second pause here where you can melt your shoulders and relax your wrists. Melt the shoulders, relax the wrists. Hmm. Inhale, sweep the arms sideways and up. You could even look up. And then exhale, forward fold. Bend your knees down, down, down you go. Inhale, come all the way back up to standing. It's quite a bit of movement. It's almost fast. And exhale, bend your knees down, down, down you go. And inhale, back up to standing. Uh, And off you go at your own pace. Keep going. Now we're like a flock of flying turkeys. Just breathe and move. Breathe and move. Moving meditation. Make it beautiful with your attention. Just like so. Uh, And our yoga party is going to meet in the forward fold. If your back is tender, brace your elbows on the knees. Or if your back is tender, you might even have your hands on a chair. So your forward folds some amount. Maybe hands on the knees, maybe hands towards the floor. Uh, Maybe hands on the chair. Take two or three breaths here. Oxygenate the whole system. Uh, Keep the jaw soft. I was thinking about, there's a teaching from the yoga tradition about contentedness. Contentedness. There's a recommendation to practice contentedness. Let's bring the hands to the hips and come on up to standing. Uh-huh. Arms by your sides. And then again, take maybe a two-second, three-second pause. Melt your shoulders. And then have a sense of your back spine floating up. Okay. 
Let's bring your feet quite a bit closer together. So as close as your feet come. Now arms will be down by your sides and we'll do this little breath and movement where you exhale, sink the hips and the arms forward. Inhale, stand up, arms come down by your sides. That's your pattern. Exhale, kind of aim your tushy back and down on a diagonal. And inhale, stand up. Do a few more of these. See if you can keep the weight even as you go down and come up. So you might notice little mini micro shifts here and there as you go up and down. And then our yoga party is going to meet in this fierce pose. Uh-huh. Weight in your heels. If you have tender knees, you can do this quite a bit less. So you can moderate for your body's capacity today. Everybody's breathing. Uh, it's a heating pose, in case you didn't notice. And we'll stay here. So I love this instruction from the yoga tradition. It's practice contentedness. The instruction isn't wait till everything's lined up perfect in your life and then you can be content. It's no, it's practice contentedness. Let's come up to standing. Both arms reach up to the ceiling. Exhale, cactus elbows. Stay here. Big in-breath. Exhale. Hands touch. Maybe your elbows touch. Mine don't, but maybe yours do. Press your hands. Press what you can together quite a lot. Inhale. Squeeze the fingertips up an inch or two. Exhale. Down an inch or two. And then back to cactus elbows. Good. And arms down by your sides. Now, you'll step your left foot back. Another way to say this is right foot forward. (laughs) Your choice. Now, um, you'll notice I have my back heel off the floor, um, but that balance is a bit trickier with that. So you could also have the back heel down. Ooh, that's kind of nice. Well, you can choose. And the hands will come to namaste. Good. And then let's bring the arms up in the air. Hallelujah style. Like so, good. Okay, big breath in. Exhale, cactus elbows. Stay here, big breath in. And then hands touch, maybe your elbows too, just depends on your body today. And press like it was your life purpose. I don't know why it would be your life purpose to press your hands together, but like quite a bit of effort here. Uh And then maybe sneak or slide the fingertips up an inch or two. Uh-huh. And then down an inch or two. Good. And then cactus elbows. Two breaths here. Is it possible? The answer can be no. Is it possible to relax your jaw, your eyes, your shoulders? Good. Hands down by your side. Step your back foot forward. And your front foot back. Okay. So again, you choose back heel off or on, and in theory, the front knees bend, but just, again, let your body dictate what's happening. The arms will come up. Good. Big breath in. Cactus elbows. Stay here. Big breath in. Hands come to touch. And then press. You know what this does? This is so healthy. It strengthens your chest muscles. It stretches the space between the shoulder blades in the back. 
lots of activity, and then maybe slide the fingertips up an inch or two while they're still pushing, uh-huh. and then down an inch or two. Good, back to cactus elbows, and we'll stay steady breath. And the question is, can you relax here even if it isn't perfect? And it's not going to be permanent for sure. Maybe just one more breath. Okay, step your back foot forward. Arms will come down. And then right away, inhale both arms up. Separate the feet shoulder width and forward. Fold down, down, down you go. Mm -hmm. And again, you might take your hands on the chair or you might take your hands on your knees. And we'll take a couple breaths here. Allowing your body to receive the stretch. Very healthy. Let your head hang as best you can. One more breath. Okay, hands to your hips. Come on up to standing. Hmm. Bring your feet together. Arms by your side. Lift up your chest. Big breath in. Bend your knees, arms slide forward. Inhale, stand up. Two more. Soothing and smoothing with the movements and the breath. Okay, now, bring the hands to namaste. Okay, we're going to go fancy here. Let me turn the same as you. We're going to add the twist. We're going to twist to the right side of the room. Some of you will take the left hand to the right knee. Some of you will take left elbow to the right knee. So you get to choose. Actually, your body gets to choose one shape or the other. And then breathe. Uh-huh. Good. I'll be back in 10 minutes. <laughs> All right, that's not true. Let's come up to standing, both arms up in the air. Stay standing, both arms come down. Now both shoulders, pull them up. Inhale, out your mouth. Step your left foot back. You choose again with the back heel. This time hands to namaste. And we're going to turn to the right, staying upright this time, arms out to the sides. Oh, okay. Uh Lots of breathing. Articulate your back leg, lengthen and strengthen that back leg. If your mind has an opinion... A judgment or a criticism, say thank you for your opinion and come back to sensation. All right, come back to facing forward. Step your back foot forward. Melt your shoulders. Unlock your knees. Big breath in. Bend your knees, arms sweep forward. Stand up, inhale, arms down. 
Two more. Soothe and smooth with the movement. And then this time, the knees will stay bent. The hands will come to namaste. And we twist to the left side of the room. So maybe the right hand comes across. Maybe the right elbow comes across. Commit to the shape that you're choosing. And breathe. Find your uprightness in the shape. So I sometimes I like to talk about keeping your dignity in the shape. It's this human experience, right? Sometimes feels quite undignified. And things are often not quite perfect anyway. Good, let's come up to standing. Both arms up towards the ceiling. Stay standing, both arms down. Shoulders up, pull them both up. Inhale, out your mouth. Step your right leg back. Hands to namaste. And then turn to the left, both arms open out to the side. Good. 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 Okay. What do you observe now? It's this river of sensation that flows through. Pleasant and unpleasant. It's a river. All right, let's come back to center. Step your back foot forward. Inhale, both arms up right away. Exhale, forward fold. Down you go. And we'll go into downward dog or child's pose. And I'd like you to choose whichever seems like the pose that will help you most easily be in intimate contact with your experience. So either downward dog or child's pose or even some other shape that allows you to be intimate with your experience. And then intimate with the breath. Breathe in peace. Breathe out ease. Uh, Commit to the shape that you're practicing. Don't worry about your neighbor. What's that saying? I feel like this is an important saying in the Facebook era. Don't compare how you feel on the inside to how someone else looks on the outside. All right, one more breath wherever you are. And then um, we're going to meet in standing at the top of the mat. I'm not going to give instructions for how that's to happen. It doesn't have to be graceful. Nobody said yoga was graceful. But we're going to meet up here at the top. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. And then a little pause. Hmm. See if you can have a sense of the back of your body like the back of your spine and the back of the waist and the back of the shoulders, the back of the legs, even the back of the eyes. And here's a question. Is it possible to be content here, even if it's not perfect? And if it is perfect, know that it's not permanent. A big breath. 
Okay, and then we're going to take our hands. You might have to open your eyes if they were closed. You're going to take your fingers like you are gathering something and then bring the hands low. So you've gathered your fingers and the hands are low. The elbows are back just a little bit and the chest lifts forward. And then place your mind where your fingers have gathered. Soften the jaw. Good, release the hands. Bring your feet as close together as your feet come. Big breath in. Bend your knees, arms sweep forward. Stand up, inhale. And two more. And inhale. Last one. Okay. Hands come to namaste. And we add the twist just like we did last time. So twisting to this side of the room. Okay, we're going to go fancy because it's Thursday. Keep your twist. Look at the floor in front of your feet. Keep your twist. Keep your gaze. And step your left leg back where it's been going. And then maybe, if you're feeling steady, as you press your right big toe down, turn your gaze over to the right, this side of the room. Right big toe down, gaze over here. One more breath. Uh-huh. Standing forward, fold. Arms come down, back foot steps forward. Drop your noodle, that's your head. And then right away, hands to your hips. And come on up to standing. Ooh la la. All right, get your fingers, gather your fingers. Uh-huh. Rest your mind right there in your fingers, this point of contact. Release the hands. Big breath in. Bend your knees, arms sweep forward. Come on up to standing, arms down. Two more of those, soothe and smooth with your breath. Mm-hmm. Okay, hands will come to namaste, and then we twist over to this side of the room, whichever shape you've been doing, keep the twist, look at the floor in front of your feet. So next you keep the twist and you keep the gaze, and you uh, step your right leg back. Mm -hmm. And then before you turn your gaze, push the base of the left foot. Big toe down. So push that down to anchor you and turn your gaze over here to the left. Articulate your back leg. Yes. Good, Brian. Okay. Standing forward, fold, hands come down, back leg steps forward, hands to your hips, come on up to standing, arms right away by your sides, right away, inhale, both arms up, 
exhale forward fold and then again you have a choice downward dog or child's pose some shape that will promote connection some shape that will promote connection with yourself not with your neighbor connection with yourself if you're in downward dog gaze at your thighs if you're in child's pose let your head rest down Please breathe in peace and breathe out ease. Try that again. Breathe in peace. Breathe out ease. Is it possible to be content here? The yoga teaching is to practice contentedness and that if you practice it, what happens is that you get contentedness and happiness. So you get what you practice. When you practice struggle and judgment, you're going to get struggle and judgment. Let's practice contentedness. One more breath wherever you are. And then we'll meet uh, facing the front of the room, standing up. And again, I'm not going to give instructions for that. But let the transition be part of the yoga too. Mm. Let's turn to the right side of the room and you'll take your legs open wide. Uh, Turn your right toes to the back of the room for warrior two. Uh Yeah. And then bend your right knee. And put just your arms down for a second. Okay. And then here we go. Good job. Give me a thumbs up. Good job. And take your thumbs up out to the sides. I know it's a little dorky. Okay, now inhale, straighten your right leg and see if you can get your thumb tips to touch without looking, not me today, but maybe you. Exhale, bend the right knee, arms out to the side. Try, two more tries. Inhale, see if you can get those thumb tips to touch without looking up above your head. Yeah. Soothe and smooth. Uh, And then you'll let your hands go out of the thumbs up, even though you're still doing a good job. And you can have the hands palms down and turn your gaze out over the right hand, your drishti, your gaze. And we'll take maybe three breaths here. Uh, A little lift in the chest. And then see if you can have a sense of your entire body in the shape. So the entire body arising in space, like... Like you could observe yourself in this shape. Let's side bend to the front of the room. So the left hand comes down, right arm comes up. And then straighten the right leg as you come up and we'll tip into triangle pose. So the right hand will come down and left hand can be on the hip or up towards the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah, triangle pose. Some, some little shape, something like this. Uh, Anchor or lean into the pinky toe edge of that left foot. Uh, Observe. Uh, So sometimes we take our capacity in yoga class so personally, but you know it's not personal. It has to do with our genetics. 
and what we've done with our environment, in our environment, what we've done with our bodies and uh, our uh, circumstances and our, how much sleep we got last night. Let's go ahead and come up. Put just your arms down. And you'll turn your feet to the other side. Okay. And then bend the knee. And then give me the thumbs up because you've been doing a good job today. It's warm in here. And the arms go out to the sides. Good. Inhale, straighten the left leg. See if you can get those thumb tips to touch without looking. And then exhale, bend the knee, arms out. And you'll do two more. Do you mind if I open this? Okay. Do you mind if I open this? And then once you've done your third one, you keep the knee bent and you'll let the hands just open out into flat and you turn your gaze over the left hand and you pause. And you breathe. Hold steady. This is such great practice for, you know, family life and work life, right? Holding steady. Now let's side bend. Right hand comes down, left arm comes up. Mm -hmm. Picture is worth a thousand words, huh? And then come on up, straighten the left leg and shift into your triangle pose. Utita. Trikonasana. Good. Voila. All right. Good. If your neck is tender, look down. So you accommodate your body. It's such a beautiful thing, the body. Neck. Okay. Let's come on up. And then we'll face the front of the room again for a pause. So the feet will come together. Uh-huh. Ah. And move your jaw around. Okay? Can you show me your teeth? Oh, come on. You can do better than that. <laughs> Let's do our tongue. Okay, that's good preparation for the next one. So if you have a block, you'll use your block. If you don't have a block, you can use the round cushion. You're going to be towards the back of the mat, and the cushion's going to be, so if I was facing the same of you, the cushion's going to be forward and to the left side. So cushion or block, forward and to the left. Yeah. Okay. The worst is going to happen on this next one is you tip over a little bit. We'll see. So um, what's going to happen is you're, you'll step forward onto the right foot. The left hand comes down to the cushion or the block, and the right arm goes up towards the ceiling. It's an extravaganza of yoga. You can come back next week. You could also try just stepping onto the right foot without the twist. And work on the balance, yeah. Uh In theory, the right arm's up. Okay, and if you can't do this, it's definitely personal and you need to go to therapy. Right? No! It's just a yoga pose. It's not personal. It's just a yoga pose. 
One more breath, wherever you are. Hold steady, especially if it's awkward. All right, and then can you get back up to standing? Nobody said it was be graceful. Yeah? Good. Okay. And then I think switch the cushion a little bit so it's more on the right side. This time you step on the left foot and the right hand comes down. And maybe the left arm up towards the ceiling. Did I say it wrong? Right hands down, right legs up. You have to ask for your money back now. Okay, that's lovely. Let's come up to standing. And then one more time with this gather of the hands. Gather the hands like you were pulling in. Big breath in and out. Good. Let's come onto your derriere. You'll sit on your derriere with your legs out in front of you. Okay, if you sit here on your derriere and your back is rounding, sort of like this, if this is happening for you, get your cushion and elevate your butt. People pay money to have elevated butts. So. <laughs> All right. Sorry. <laughs> it's bend the right knee. Uh-huh. Bring the foot across the left leg. Mm-hmm. Lift up through the chest. Okay, so if uh, you're not twisting today, you can stay just like this. It's a lovely posture. If you are twisting, you'll twist to the right. So the right hand comes behind you. Yes. Uh Yeah. Turn your chin to the right. Keep your chin turning to the right and peek your eyeballs out to the left, like you're peeking at your left ear. Don't move your eyes, please. Keep those eyeballs left. Chin right, eyeballs left. And then very lightly touch the tip of the tongue to the roof of the mouth. Eyeballs left, don't let them move. Like you are plugging in, completing the circuit, touch the tip of the tongue to the roof of the mouth. And twist. Right leg extends, left knee bends, bring the foot across, hands around the knee shin, lift up through the chest. You can stay here or add the twist to the left. Keep the chin turning left. And then peek the eyeballs right. If you strain your eyes, you've come too far. And then keeping the eyeballs right, don't let them move. Touch the tip of the tongue to the roof of the mouth like you were completing the electric circuit. Good. 
and untwist. And if you're sitting on a cushion, you'll come off of it. And here's the next one. It's a doozy. Do you got it? <laughs> so come onto your back. Have your knees bent, feet flat on the floor. And we'll take maybe a 30-second pause here. Invite yourself, you might decline the invitation, but invite yourself to rest towards the floor. Okay, let's, um, if you didn't have this already, have the knees bent, feet on the floor. The ankles will be under the knees and the feet are hip width apart. And the hands are down on the floor by your sides. Now, we're going to move just the arms. So inhale, circle the arms towards the ceiling and then all the way to the floor up above your head. Okay. Now, that was a very long inhale. We'll do it a little quicker next time. Let's exhale, lift the hips and circle the arms down. Arms come down by your sides and the hips go up. Bless you. Inhale, hips down, arms back. Uh-huh, keep going. Exhale, arms by your hips. Lift. Good. Two or three more of these. And when your hips are lifting, keep your feet on the floor. Ooh, and no pillow under your head. You can put it back when we're done with this pose. And let's um, have our yoga party meet with the hips up. Hips up, arms down. Uh, Tuck your shoulders under. Uh, Some of you, uh, you, the sun has moved and your face is now in a pool of sunlight. If that's happening for you, if it's unpleasant, you can turn yourself around on your mat if you need. Uh Now, without moving your feet, this will be very small, so not a lot of effort, but without moving your feet, like you could pull your feet towards your head. It's just a little bit. Uh Lift your chest up as you do that. And you'll take a few breaths here. This is... This pose is quite strengthening for the hips and the lower back. It's quite healthy. Okay, let's come on down. Open the knees, bottoms of the feet touch. And then soften your belly. Soften your low belly to receive the movements of the breath. Keep the jaw soft, eyes soft. Breathe in peace. Breathe out ease. 
And then again, my question for you, can you be content here? And it doesn't have to be a big feeling, but can you be content even if things aren't perfect? Okay. And then let's um, have the knees again back up towards the ceiling, bottoms of the feet on the floor. And you'll um, lift your hips and slide the cushion. So I think you'll need to get the cushion first. Hopefully it hasn't migrated too far away, that round cushion. And it'll come under your butt. So you lift up your butt. One water bottle down. And the block will work too on this. No, not for you. Um, let's have you do this here. Hips are up like this. Lift your chest just a bit. Tuck your shoulders under. Uh, and then I'm going to give you uh, some choices here. It's like yoga free time. Some of you will like to stay just like this. Some of you will take your legs up towards the ceiling. Some of you will have your legs on the floor towards the front of the room. So it's a lot of choices. If you feel confused, just stay where you are. It's too many choices. I think that's part of the problem with the grocery stores, too many choices. So... Uh, You can stay as you are, or the legs can come up, or legs towards the front of the room. And let the eyes relax wherever you are. Um, Those of you that have the legs towards the ceiling, the tendency is to let the lower back sink towards the floor. And uh, see if you can avoid that. You might need to bend your knees to get that to happen, to keep your lower back uh, arching. Rather, Yeah, that's it. Yeah, rather than sinking. Then observe yourself. Let's have our yoga party meet with the knees bent, feet flat on the floor. Uh, You'll lift your hips, move the cushion, and bring your butt down. And then pull your knees into your chest. Uh, If you would like, if your body would like, you'll lift up your head and shoulders, uh, forehead towards your knees. If you have a tender neck, you might take one or both hands behind your head or even just leave your head down. So 
Maybe head up, maybe not. Couple breaths wherever you are. Okay, and then your head can come down, your feet can come down, and it's time to stretch out. So, um, sometimes it's nice to have a cushion under your knees or under your head, or, and then sometimes it's nice to put your sweater back on or your socks back on. So we're just stretching out now in some manner, like so. And... You'll make no effort here. Even if you're not as relaxed as you had hoped, you'll make no effort. Soften the jaw. Let your eyes settle towards the back of the body, relaxing the back of the eyes. Let your hands relax. The hands are heavy and limp, relaxed. And then the back of the tongue, where it turns into the throat, let that relax. Relax even the tips of the fingers and the tips of the toes. 
If you're feeling peaceful or contented, see if you can savor that. Be present to that. And if you're not, you know, it's the human condition. We don't always feel content. And if you're not, maybe apply some empathy, some kindness. Begin to deepen the breath. You'll bend your knees one at a time and place your feet on the floor. Roll to your right side. Okay, to make your way up to uh, meditation. So um, if you want to sit in a chair, just go sit in a chair. You can leave your stuff so it's less rigmarole. And if there's not a chair available, there's a bunch, and you can grab one from the stack. And if you're sitting on the floor... Get some cushions under your tush. You'll make your way into your seated meditation position. Please don't feel like you don't move or shouldn't move. It's fine to move when we meditate. If you feel that you need to move, um, just move with some attention if you can. Generally, in this tradition, we do meditate with the eyes closed, but sometimes it can be a skillful means to open the eyes if you're feeling particularly sleepy, or um, sometimes if the thinking is particularly loud, it could help to open the eyes. So find a place for your eyes, either opened or closed. 
And then whether your eyes are open or closed, take a couple of minutes and relax as best you can. The eyes, the muscles around the eyes. And invite your spine to float up. Have a sense of the floor or the chair supporting you. Almost like you could somehow, even as you're upright, almost as if you could somehow relax into that support. You're on the floor, the hips relaxing into the floor. And remember today that um, we're not looking for a perfect meditation. It's, it's not perfect. It's not permanent. Whatever arises will shift. And it's also not personal. It's the nature of being a human. Take a moment and relax the mouth, the tongue, the lips. Your cheeks. And the whole face. Inviting the face to soften. Just relax. It's not going to be perfect. You don't have to be the best meditator in the room. Notice the crown of the head. The back of the head. And somehow relax your ears, the outer architecture of the ears.
and the neck. The throat. Let your shoulders relax, the top, the sides, the front and the back of the shoulders. In your chest and your belly. Relax your genitals, your thighs, the knees. And even the feet feel the contact with the floor or the other parts of your body. Feel the contact with the feet, whatever they're touching. Steady. And then sweep the attention up the back of the body, all the way up to the crown of the head. Pour the attention down into your hands. Let go of effort and just notice your hands. Relax the thumb and the index finger. And then begin to notice your breath. You have hands. You can feel your hands and you can feel your breath.
Nothing to fix or figure out right now. Just put that aside and feel hands and breath. Keep relaxing. You get lost, come back to body sensation and relaxation. Relax.
as best you can, relax. Sweep your body with your attention and relax.
And then at the end here for the last couple of moments, you'll take a hand and put it somewhere on your body where it can get skin-to-skin contact. So maybe one hand touches the other hand or your hand touches your cheek or your neck. And this gesture of support. And you'll take a breath with that. And thank yourself for your aspirations and your efforts. You make so much effort. Your good aspirations that brought you here. Your care for your life, for your world, for your family, for your friends. Wishing yourself well. Okay, so at this point in the class, we rearrange the room. So you'll roll up your mat, and we're going to make two sort of semicircles up here in front of the stage. The people that want to stay on the floor, you can have your cushions in the first semicircle, and then the chairs can go around behind.
Okay, I have a question. How was the relaxation cue during the meditation? Did it just put you to sleep? Did it annoy you? Did it work, the relaxation cue for some of you? Yes? Mm. Worked for me. Worked for you. We got some thumbs up. I think some thumbs downs, too. Everybody's different. Like we all, and we all need different cues on different days. Have you noticed this? Like sometimes. Anyway, anybody fall asleep? <laughs> A little sleepy meditation. Anybody have thinking? The thinking mind? Yeah. Yeah. Anybody get a little bit of peacefulness? A little bit of peacefulness here and there? All right. That's good. That's good. Was it perfect? <laughs> Was it permanent? <laughs> Was it personal? Hmm. That one takes some thinking about. Well, okay. So welcome. At this point in the class, we do names so that there's some small chance that we would learn each other's names and um, I feel like in big part it's for me, so I can learn your names. Um, so you'll say your name, and then the group will say the name back. So it goes something like this. Ashley. Ashley. Ah, we've got it. Karen. But can you use the mic? <laughs> She's got the mic on the cushion. <laughs> Karen. Karen. Betsy. Betsy. Doesn't seem like it's on. We. Oh, yeah, it's on. Okay. Joe. Joe. Frank. Jesse. Andrea. Diana. Jenny. Ellen. Bonnie, Amy, Genevieve, Adelina, Cheryl, Amy, Mary Beth, Ram, Mark, Claudia, Gabrielle, Joan, Gary, Gay, Molly, Nancy, Jude, Mary, Bonna, Brian. Ula. Kelly. Maya. Welcome, everyone. You know, every week I feel so fortunate to be able to come here for this class. It's um, like such a actually amazing thing that we get to come together and do yoga and meditation and have a little bit of wisdom. I mean, there's so many other things that we could be doing in the world. And I I don't mean necessarily that things are perfect for you in your life. Like you could be grief ridden or like stuff happens. This is our lives. Our lives are very full. 
but that we have the opportunity to come here together and do something so healthy and wholesome. It's really fortunate. And then this room and the views, it's just really, I feel like it's quite a lucky thing. And it's like a place of refuge. Have you noticed that? Like we can come here and come together and and do these practices together and, and actually have a place of refuge And of course, you know, stuff is happening, like your life is happening, people die, we get injured, you know, all that stuff is probably here in the room too. I don't mean to be like Pollyanna about anything, but just that we get to come here and that you had the idea that you wanted to come here, like that's pretty awesome too. Um, So many other things that we could be doing. So last week, I was up the hill. That's why I wasn't here. I was up the hill um, teaching yoga on a meditation retreat. You know, people come to the center for stuff like this, and then people also go up the hill. There's dorms and stay for anywhere from three days to two months. Right now, there are people up there that are going to be here for two months meditating. It's pretty fantastic. One year, um, this class used to be on Fridays, and one year, every Friday after class, I would go up and meditate, And it started to trip me out because, you know, my whole life, you know, a lot can happen in two months. Well, actually, a lot can happen on meditation retreat, but it'd be the same people for two months in the in the hall meditating. It's so inspiring um, that you're dedicated, that these people are dedicated to the cultivation of wisdom and compassion, that there are people that are doing that. And people have been doing that for thousands of years. Very easy if you're like me, to turn on the news and get a little upset, maybe a lot upset about what's going on in the world. And we forget it's not in the news that there are people right now meditating all day, cultivating wisdom and compassion, and that there have been people doing that for thousands of years. So this is your news for today. (laughs) There are people doing this, and it's pretty great and pretty inspiring. Um, you know, change the world, change our hearts, change the world in some ways. We look around the world and we see so much greed, hatred, and delusion. And then we can look in our own hearts and see that too. And so these practices help us uproot that stuff. Like pull the weeds. I always think of gardening. Pull those weeds. And let's plant, in, instead of greed and hatred, let's plant compassion and loving kindness and clarity. So let's do that together now. Let's plant that. Um, so on the last day of the retreat, one of the teachers, Bonnie Duran, she's a lovely woman. She was, um, she gave, she kind of gave this teaching and she kind of threw it off. It was like on the last day, she didn't have notes, sort of like, I don't have notes today, but she didn't have notes and she threw off this teaching and the teaching was, it's not perfect, it's not permanent and it's not personal. Um, and then somebody was asking me, well, what do you mean by it? And I would say to you, everything. Like things, things are not perfect, they're not permanent, and it's not personal. So she just kind of threw this teaching off, and then um, I came home, and you know, when you come home from retreat, it's not the same as on retreat, because there's not 90 people sitting in a room cultivating wisdom and compassion. You're in the traffic jam, and you have to go to work, and you know, so stuff comes up. And I found myself through the week, every time I would get upset about something or stirred up, you know that feeling of like, ah, like a little stirred up? I remember this teaching, it's not perfect, it's not permanent, and it's not personal. And it would help me feel so much 
more at ease. So the teachings can be a refuge for us too. So this sense of this place being a place that you can come to and the community of people that you can belong to that have been practicing uh, this cultivation of wisdom and compassion for so long, that you are part of that. By coming to this class, you're part of that, and that can be a refuge for you. But also the teachings, like they're meant to be not just this thing, you come on Thursday mornings, or you go on retreat for two months, and then you leave, and like the rest of your life happens. It's actually like these teachings are meant to be a refuge, a place for you to support you. So that when you go home later this week and something comes up, or maybe just like on the driveway out the door, it could happen that fast, like something stirs you up. Oh, yeah, things aren't perfect. Oh, yeah. And it can help you be more at ease. So this can be a refuge for you. These teachings can be a refuge. So I found them to be really helpful. So that's why I'm going to talk about them a little bit further. I have a friend that I keep talking about. She had a, a, a sort of health crisis accident at the same time I had mine. And so we talk on the phone all the time. And she's, um, she has to stay at a friend's house right now. She can't be in her own home, in her own space. And so she's at this friend's house, and it's, um, they don't meditate. It's just, there's a lot of generosity because this friend offered to take care of her. But she said, I called her up this week, and I'm like, oh, what are you doing? And she's like, well... I'm having a really hard time, so I'm reading a book right now on generosity. And so she's using the teachings as a way to support her. And you can do this too. Like when something happens, like you can get out a book or listen to a Dharma talk or come to a class. And this will help us, right? It helps us remember what's important in life because it's so easy to get lost and so easy to have stuff happen to us. And... What do you do then? Pick up a book. Remember, the, remember me saying it's not perfect, it's not permanent. What about it's not permanent? Have you ever noticed how, um, maybe your mind doesn't do this, but like when something happens, broke my elbow. Oh, it's like, it seems like, intellectually I know this, but it seems like it's going to be broken forever. Or like a bad mood comes, or a period in our life where a whole bunch of stuff happens and we think it's going to be like this forever. It's not. It's not permanent. Nothing is permanent. And that can be actually a great reminder to us to help us. Like everything's always changing. Yes? It's always changing. So what about when you're in a good time? Because that can happen sometimes, right? Like a period in our lives where things seem kind of smooth. I hope that's happened for you, actually. Right? I hope so. Like some, maybe it was just like half a day. <laughs> but it can happen sometimes. Like when things are smooth um, and things are good, it's helpful to remember then, too, that it's not permanent so that you can actually savor it. Like, actually, like, oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, things are good right now. Like, okay. Like, whatever might be going on. But to remember there's so many gifts and to savor them, too. Um, Patty Brightman. Do you all remember her? She used to come to class all the time. She's she's a wonderful teacher to me. 
she was having back trouble. And I hope she doesn't mind me telling this story, but it's a really lovely story. So there's a meditation practice, which we don't do in this class so much, but it's called the 32 parts of the body, where you go, to, go through your whole body and you like meditate on your liver and you meditate on your spleen and your lungs and you meditate on your pee and your poo. Like you do the whole thing. Like you meditate on 32 parts is like a shorthand for the whole thing. So she was having back trouble for a while. And every time I'd ask her, I was like, how are you doing today? And she's like, and she'd say to me, I'm trying to focus on the 31 parts that are working well. And I thought that was such a good thing because our our vision can narrow when things go wrong. Things go wrong. Things go wrong all the time. Something might be wrong for you right now in your life. And I don't mean to discount that. That's like for our hearts, right? But also, often there are 31 other things that they're actually doing okay. And um, I noticed this in myself. It's very easy, like, oh, I can't do this, I can't do that with my elbow. But actually, all the other parts are doing quite well. They're doing actually very well because we know how sometimes we can have periods of illness, right? So to remember nothing is permanent and to remind yourself when things are hard that nothing is permanent, but also remind yourself when things are good that nothing is permanent, Okay, so what about this um, it's not perfect one? It's not perfect. This reminds me of a very lovely Mary Oliver poem. Where in this poem, I should have brought it, I suppose, but I didn't because it's not perfect. <laughs> but at any rate, um, she, she has this beautiful image in her poem of um, a field of flowers. So we're coming into springtime. So you can just imagine like when all the poppies are coming up. So this beautiful field of flowers in the poem. And she says like, what in this world is perfect? Because when you look closely, one of the flowers hasn't opened yet. And one of them is actually like all the way decayed. And another one has a bug eaten through it. And another one's lost all but one of its petals. And another one is perfect, right? But it's perfect, right? That field of flowers, it's beautiful. But what in this world is perfect meaning without flaws? And so this is the nature of things. We can remind ourselves that it's not perfect, that our bodies, they shift and change. We're always in the middle of some process. We're always in the middle of um, change. We're really right in the middle of change, right in the middle of your life right now. And it's not perfect, but maybe it's good enough for right now. Or maybe there are, maybe it's good enough. It's not perfect. So there's a teacher here, Howie Cohn. Do you know him? Some of you might know him, Howie. He used to tell, oh, he would tell this talk. His daughter's now a teenager. Her daughter is, I think he said, 14, and he doesn't tell this story anymore, which I think is curious, but he used to, when she was uh, younger, tell this story about his daughter. His daughter's name is Molly, and when he, he would talk about when she was three, and she was just Molly, and she had her ringlets, and she was perfectly Molly, and he didn't mean that she was without flaws. She needed to learn how to share, and she would have temper tantrums. But he meant that she was perfectly Molly, couldn't be anyone else but herself. 
And I think that's the same for all of us. I think puberty happens and we forget. This is why he doesn't tell his story anymore about his daughters. Like, puberty happens and we forget. Actually, like, we are all perfectly ourselves. I am perfectly Ashley, right? Which doesn't mean I'm perfect. I can ask my sweetie. I have my own flaws, right? But I'm perfectly me. I'm like this amazing, and you are too. Let's talk about you. You are this amazing expression of the infinite intelligence of the universe, right? Right here. Never seen before. Never to be repeated again. Perfectly yourself, but not perfect, of course. So perfect, but not perfect. And um, oh, there's this phrase, uh, a lovely quote, which I say all the time in this class, be yourself, everyone else is taken. That's Oscar Wilde, I think. Be yourself, everyone else is taken. And of course you have flaws. Nothing's perfect. So maybe later today you think about something about yourself and you get upset about yourself for something you did or said and you can tell yourself, it's not perfect. I'm not perfect. You can let yourself off the hook a little bit. So we can get in this habit, not everybody I think, but I, I think it's common enough that it bears mentioning that we can get in this habit of being really self-critical. So I have a question. Has it ever actually helped you improve your behavior? Does it do anything helpful other than just make you feel bad about yourself? Right, This sort of incessant self-criticism it's, our mind is actually trying to help us, is trying to help keep us safe because things are not permanent. Things are always changing. Things are uncertain. But let yourself off the hook. So I give you permission all week until next week or maybe like for years from now, but I give you permission. If you notice a little self-critical voice, tell yourself, it's not, I'm not perfect and it's okay. Like that field of flowers is so beautiful so beautiful, like that you are this amazing arising, like never seen before. And you're not perfect. Oh, well. You have to come again next week. We're all in the middle of our process. I was listening to a podcast sometime recently, and this woman was saying, you know, people talk about going in nature and how it helps them feel really connected and expanded and open and she said, that doesn't really happen to me. But, um, but she gave this example of being in a city somewhere and watching, just watching, like sitting and watching all the people in, in their worlds, like, and how that was for her um, the same as going on a nature walk, just seeing how, like, really each of us, we're, we're nature. So for when I go in nature, I feel like part of what helps me feel better is that I'm not looking at the tree going... That branch, it should be a little bit over to the left and maybe a couple inches lower, right? Like we just see nature and how it is, and it allows us to be okay with the imperfections. And so we can maybe perhaps be okay with our own imperfections and maybe the imperfections of our loved ones too. I don't know. Try that on. Try that on and see what you think. There'll be time for discussion, and you can challenge me on that one. But um, it's not perfect. People aren't perfect, and yet they are. We are perfectly ourselves. Nothing's permanent. Everything's changing. All right, and then this last one, it's not personal. I feel like this is the hardest one to explain. 
On the way here, Karen was talking about this study, and you might have heard this study where they did some research and they discovered that um, the decision that you make about something, like a small decision, can be influenced as to whether you're holding something soft or something hard. So, like, I heard this study where if somebody's holding a, a cup of coffee of warm, like a warm drink, they'll be more friendly than if they're just holding a book. Isn't that interesting? Or how about this one I heard? Uh, I like to listen to podcasts, so I get all sorts of studies in my head. This one was talking about how um, they studied judges, and judges are supposed to be impartial, right? They're trained to be impartial, and the judges were deciding whether someone could get parole or not. And you were like something like 12 times, I can't remember the facts, you'll have to look it up, but sometimes something like 12 times more likely to get parole if the judge heard your case right after lunch than before. And we take our decisions to be so personal, like yeah, they are personal in some way, but in other ways, like we can start to see like things that we decide or how we are, it's actually really not so personal. Like it is, this is one of the paradoxes of spiritual practice, I feel like, that of course it's personal. Jesse's thoughts are not my thoughts, right? Like it's, we're, we're two separate people. But in another way, aren't we all products of our culture and our conditioning and our experiences? And it's not so personal. It's this human condition. Everybody here knows what rage is. Everybody here knows what grief is. This is the human condition. Um, Sometimes in this tradition, our emotions are talked about as being like weather storms. I love this analogy, because sometimes a storm will come in and blow through and then be gone, and the sky opens up, right? Like sometimes an emotional storm will come in, blow through, and then the sky opens up. Or other times we have like weeks of low-hanging clouds, Right, And just like in a weather storm, there's all sorts of causes and conditions that lead to the weather. So there's all sorts of causes and conditions that lead to our emotional lives. And that it's not so personal. That we can take it personally, but often that doesn't help us navigate through or work through with skill. So I'm talking about these, uh, these little, this little tip. It's not perfect, it's not permanent, and it's not personal. As a way to help us loosen and free ourselves, free ourselves and open up and be more peaceful and content um, in the cultivation of wisdom and compassion for ourselves. And it's not personal that who you are is unique and it's this human condition And that whether or not you've had lunch or not can influence your decisions. And we don't see this all the time, like, right? Like we don't we don't actually even notice all the little things. We take it also personally. Our uh, how our childhoods are really can impact us. And on one level, yes, it is personal, but on another, it's it's the condition. Sometimes I reflect on this that I'm I get to make a living as a yoga teacher. And this is so unique to living in the Bay Area in 2017, right? Like, there's so many conditions that led to that. I don't think even maybe 30 years ago I could have been making a living as a yoga teacher, right? Like, things change all the time. And we take everything to be so personal, but it's not. It's the human condition. 
We all have these hearts that grieve, these hearts that have joy, and that it's part of this human experience, and we can remember to not take it so personally. So those are my tips for you to take home. That's your homework, to remember this week. It's not permanent. It's not personal. I'm saying them out of order. It's not perfect. It's not permanent. It's not personal. Those are my tips for you. And then I want to give you, I'm going to give time for discussion so you can raise your hand and say, yes, but. Or also, I like to hear if you have little bits of wisdom, how these teachings apply, or you've worked with them, that can really help you. Because sometimes there's some really amazing stuff in the room that we can learn from each other. Um, but before I, before I open that up for discussion, I just want to mention that this is basically the three characteristics. So we're at a a Buddhist center. This is a Buddhist center. The teachers here have studied. Most of them have studied in Southeast Asia and Thailand and Burma. And then they come here and bring the teachings here. And it gets changed because we bring our cultures with us. But the three characteristics are part of the Buddhist teachings. And the three characteristics are... Uh, dukkha are uh, things are that which is hard to bear, and uh, everything's changing. That's the same, not permanent, and not self. So this little three thing that I'm telling you are the three characteristics which meditation is designed to help us see. So awakening is said to be an understanding of the three characteristics. So the three characteristics, dukkha, that which is hard to bear, it's not perfect. We age, we get ill, we get sick. That's what getting ill is. Uh, People die. Things are changing all the time. This is the second one, right? It's not permanent. And then the third one, not self. It's not so personal. It doesn't mean that you're not here. It's just that it's who we think we are um, is not who we think we are. Any words that you can use to describe you are just that, words. Who you are is much more mysterious and beautiful. So I can tell you a story about my mother. I can tell you how tall she is. I can tell you about her southern accent. I can tell you um, some of her life story and how long she's been married to my father. I can tell you all sorts of things about her. That's not her. If she were sitting right here, that would be a whole different thing, right? So who we are is not a thing to be named and contained. Who we are is much more mysterious. This is not personal. It's not personal or not self. So if I have a map and I look at the map, that's very different than going hiking, right? And so who we are is not our ideas, not the map of who we are, not the or the concept of who we are is much more interesting and complex and mysterious um, than who we think we are. You're not a permanent thing. It's more like this teaching around not-self is more like rather than being a noun, you're a verb, right? You're not a thing. You're a process. You're the flame of a candle. That's what the not-self is, or it's not personal, Okay, so three characteristics from the teachings of the Buddha that the whole of the path is designed to help us see. And all you need to remember is it's not perfect, it's not permanent, and it's not personal. And uh, your homework is to go home and see if that helps free you up a little bit, free you up a little bit in your life. 
All right, let's take a pause, and then I'll take questions. We have a little time for questions or comments. You might touch into the sense of having a body again, resting with your body, connected and intimate. Take a deep breath. Okay, so I'm looking for... Where did the mic go? Okay, you got it? Can you hand it to whoever has... Unless you have a thing. Anybody have a comment or question? Frank does. Yeah. Um, I appreciate it, what you just told us, and it should be easy to remember. Ah. But I was thinking... The way I think I tend to think as a person is all the opposites of what you said. So I tend to think... um, it really needs to be perfect. It's always been this way and always will be this way. And uh, I'm to blame, like, or and somehow I'm at fault. And those are the mental uh, ways that uh, we, I tend to think. Got that one going. So it's too, nice yeah. to hear it expressed the way you did, which yeah. it's not perfect, it's not permanent, and it really is not personal. Yeah. And if, that's a helpful. Yeah, so that's why I offered it because this week, I mean, I'm like the teacher just tossed it off on the last day, and then all week I've been like, "Oh, <laughs> it's really helpful because our minds do tell us the opposite." So yeah, hopefully you can remember the three P's. The three P's. Yeah, let's pass it down to Ellen. Um, I too have struggled with harnessing guilt um, mm-hmm. all day, every day, but I've been working on trying to turn it around and so being uh, as a daughter, a mother, uh, a nurse, a wife, I try to um, try to think of it as a, I am enough because uh-huh. sometimes I'm always like I can do better. I am always yeah. trying to reach for that but I have um, turned inwardly to accept myself and that I am enough and that I do enough and I give enough and it's always it's it's enough and yeah. that's okay. Yeah. Beautiful, thank you. Yeah, pass it down to Amy. Um, the funny thing was, like, the one where you said it's not perfect. I I work with that the same way, but I actually tell myself that, like, I'll say, like, today is a perfect day for a perfect day. Like, it's perfect now. Like, even if it's, like, bad things are happening, like, I just think that this is this is it. Like, this is perfect. You're getting this you know and so it's the same thing but I think of it as being perfect you know rather than trying to change it Um, oh that's that's beautiful and that's I think you weren't here for the yoga I was trying that's what I was trying to point to in the yoga around this contentedness practice like if we wait for all everything to be perfectly lined up to be content we might be waiting for some time and if it does everything line up so we can be content it's probably not going to stay that way very long and so practice and it is actually a practice of meaning it's not perfect but to begin to cultivate like oh like can I be content in this situation anyway and then also to remember that um Like, whenever I offer that, I just want to give the little caveat. Like, if you're in the middle of something that's really intense and heartfelt, like, going to the, 
um, can you just be content here? Like that might be the wrong medicine. It's like if a little kid falls over and skins their knee and is crying, I wouldn't tell the little kid, oh, but your other knee is really good right now. Like, and we do this to ourselves sometimes. Like sometimes actually the right medicine is compassion and holding ourselves until it's time for that medicine, the other knee. And this is where we can um, begin to work with ourselves, work with ourselves. Sometimes we hold ourselves and sometimes we can get kind of stuck and we need to remember the contentedness practice. So that's beautiful, Amy. Thank you. And also just when I think of that, a lot of times I don't actually feel that way. Yeah. You know, but I just say it to myself and then I kind of notice what's going on or what's blocking me from feeling that way or what's going on in my life. Right. Or I'm just running away or something like that. Right. Right. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else? The son, you've got one? Yeah. Can you say your name? Because I don't know your name. Jenny. Okay. Um, I was just uh, spent a month in India, and I re- returned about uh, five days ago. So I'm so oh, welcome jet-lagging. back. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it struck me while I was traveling there how um, just our culture is one of like we're we're sort of killing ourselves with self improvement all the time. Mm-hmm. There are thoughts about that, mm-hmm. and there's something in India. It, it's just so chaotic, and there's just this cacophony of life going on. And people, there seems to be um, a preoccupation or a suffering that we have that I I just didn't see there. There's a material suffering there, but there's a a different kind of suffering that we do here, yeah. which is more of a psychological, yeah. you know. A, this obsession that we have, and I just kind of had this epiphany just in this chaos watching it of just sort of like, just get over yourself, <laughs> you know, sort <laughs> right. of like, just get over yourself yeah. and live your life, you know, yeah. and stop kind of yeah. obsessing. Yeah, thank improvement. you. Yeah, I can relate to that, this sort of exhaustion from perpetual self-improvement. And um, Pema Chodron talks about this a lot, and she talks about how um, that's actually a kind of self-hatred, like if we're just trying to change ourselves all the time. And then the nuance of that is, um, is that the world actually, and notice I didn't say us, but the world has some work that needs to be done. So this world being not perfect thing, I don't think in any means that this teaching means that we are just okay with the injustice in the broader world and the racism and the homophobia that actually there's a way where we can allow ourselves off the hook and we free up all that energy that's self-obsessed on self-improvement. All that energy can be freed up then to do what needs to be done in the world. Yeah, yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Anybody else? Yeah, one more. Say your name too. Yeah, Genevieve. Genevieve. Um, I thought since you invoked Mary Oliver, I might bring her back into the room and read my other... uh... Oh, do you looked it up? No, 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 my, other, my favorite short poem of Hose, which I thought maybe you were referring to at okay. first, but um, Wild Geese. Oh, yeah. Will you read it to us? And that'll be a I great will. closing because yeah. we're right at the end. Perfect. You do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for 100 miles through the desert repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about your despair, yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes, 
over the prairies and the deep trees, the mountains and the rivers. Meanwhile, the wild geese high in the clean blue air are heading home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination, calls to you like the wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and over, announcing your place in the family of things. So that was perfect. We... <laughs> Oops. <laughs> okay, so let's do, um, I think I'll just make the announcements, Bana. So if you could help us, if you have the energy to help put the cushions and the chairs away and close the windows, that would be great. If you haven't paid, there's a little basket in a chair by the back, and I thank you very much. And um, those are all the announcements, right? Okay, so yeah, we need help rolling the rug out too. Just if you have a strong back and a, like three minutes to help with that. And then um, I think that's all the announcements. Let's do an official closing, officially close. So may you be safe and protected and may you be as healthy as possible. And may you know great peace and joy. If there are any blessings from this practice, any merit arising, any goodness arising, whether we could tell it's here or not, let's offer it out into the world. May all beings everywhere know peace and the causes of peace. Thank you so much. I hope to see you next week if you're around. So as soon as we get this cleared up, flip this end. Okay, so that end. Okay. Oh, thank you. Yeah, let's close the windows. They like the place sealed up or something.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.